Sunday, 5th February. To Zenith Matriarch, most blessed occupant of the green chair of Alch, tender of the grey fire. Dearest Granny, I hope this letter finds you in good health. Thank you for your kind note. I shall do as you instruct, and see what rarities can be recovered from the lamb. Oh, God. Start again. To Zenith Matriarch, most blessed occupant of the green chair of Alch, tender of the grey fire. Dearest Granny, I hope this letter finds you in good health. Thank you for your kind note. I shall do as you instruct and see what rarities can be recovered from the tomb. The place is indeed a marvel, though fraught with perils. But you'll be proud of me as I hope I am always at the forefront, facing danger wherever it is to be found. And there is still so much to explore and lots of treasure to find. You'll like that. I regret to inform you that I have not yet secured a source of Calamanthus. She won't like that. I have been quoted a finder's fee by a local gang, but it was well above the limit you specified, and I was concerned we'd run into problems actually receiving the goods. They seem to be of very ill repute, and bad people. I promise I shall redouble my efforts to get a good, clean supply. Hmm, hopefully that'll calm her down a bit. We have secured the missing lantern I mentioned in my last letter, and are soon to pacify a restless haunt, which may open a way forward. But every step forward throws up another obstacle. I shall persist with the assistance of my small group of followers. With certainly one and perhaps two exceptions, you could not wish to meet a braver little band of fellows. More news as soon as I have it. And may I enrich the family yet much beyond the hopes of my original mission. May the golden petals of good fortune settle lightly upon you. Cuthbert. A.K.A. Cuthbert Outsplinter. I'm joined by Mike, A.K.A. Friend Guide Storyteller. Hello, Mike. Hello. Welcome to the Billowing Hilltop Podcast. Before Mike and I continue to chat about the gangs on in the podcast, we just wanted to recognise that these are indeed strange and difficult times for everyone. Yeah. And of course, we urge you all to stay safe. It's our sincere hope that the adventures of our hapless band of heroes can serve as some kind of distraction for you. Escape even, and importantly, possibly to help you remain indoors. With that done, let's dive back into the alternative reality of our podcast and see what information I can extract from Mike. I'm really enjoying this. First book in the Age of Worms, Adventure Path, The Whispering mm-hmm. Cairn, and it, it feels like we're all kind of settling down into our characters a, a lot more yeah. than we were. Well, we're doing a lot more role-playing than we used to, for starters. What was the way of putting it? We were just kind of rolling dice on a games board, weren't we? Some more than others, but it is, it, yes, we, we have tended to treat the, the D&D as a bit of a sort of tactical, square-based combat board game. But we're really enjoying the use of the podcast as an opportunity to expand a bit more into <laughs> characterizations. Really? Okay. <laughs> well, okay. well, no, we are. I think we are. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So, no, I, I think it's good. But really what I wanted to do uh, for the purpose of this episode is just talk a bit more about the world that this adventure path is set in because yeah. I kind of get the feeling that it's a little bit fuzzy around the edges, if you know what I mean. How uh, much do you that, actually... That is a that is an outrageous accusation. <laughs> Have you know that this... <laughs> The world in which the adventure is set, and I don't want to be any more specific about its name than that. You don't have one. 
that's not true there, there is a name i just like to refer to it as the world in which the story is set for now it's a world that i've set adventures in before uh, you may or may not remember it i mean but evenstar i've run uh, an adventure based in the city of evenstar and evenstar takes the place of uh, in the original age of worms adventure path takes the place of the city of greyhawk which is yeah. where the which is kind of the default setting yep. uh, which i don't know all that much about and i felt more comfortable setting the story in an environment that I felt I could kind of, A, gave me a bit more freedom to um, fill it, fill in as, you see, this is, I'm walking straight into this, aren't I? It gave yes. me a little bit more freedom to <laughs> build the world to suit the story, yes, and uh, I felt a little bit more confident and comfortable in the history and, like, for example, the Pantheon of Gods and the calendar, which you've oh. noticed is, uh, yeah. What so I thought I would go for that. There are a couple of other options. You could set it in the Sword Coast, um, you know, Waterdeep, Feyre and all of that, or you could set it in Eberron, neither yeah. of which I'm particularly familiar with either. And frankly, I'm also um, I'm running another game set in uh, Waterdeep. So that was, I thought I wanted a holiday from that. That's mm -hmm. it. That's, that's the world you got. Lovely calendar. Uh, brilliant gods with stupid names. Uh, I don't think it'll come to you as a, as a shock that the city of Evenstar features in our story at a later stage. And so no. we will we having that city fairly well uh, laid out. Um, and I have yeah. I have you won't believe this, Paul, but I do have things like maps and stuff where you no, are. No, I really and don't maps of the that. city, and I have it's there is in fact a guide. There is that you didn't even open the thing I sent, did you? There's I a guide to no. Okay, well, you should. There's a guide to this world with all of the, the, the pantheon, the gods, the politics, the history, the geography, everything. And you just haven't even had Cuthbert's, he's, you know, he's, he's 16. He's not interested in that. He's only interested in what's in Cuthbert's a fictional character, Paul. Not to me. So what you're saying is you're going so deeply into the role-playing experience that you're not reading the stuff I send you because Cuthbert wouldn't. Yeah. Well, that's my... <laughs> you should see what I wear to work anyway, in the morning. I, that's, I think I've told you the answer to the question. And I think you should get on with introducing the readers to the next episode. That's what I think. Readers? That's optimistic. Reader. Reader. <laughs> right. Okay. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. And look for us on Facebook, Twitter or billowinghilltop.com. You can also email us at hello at billinghilltop.com. So, without any further ramblings or delay, please enjoy episode 10. Guess who's coming to dinner? Ave, everybody, Ave. Uh, let's play some D&D. &D. Where were we? Oh, yes, this is where we were. Now, so the thing is, by the way, this evening's beer is uh, sorcery by the Magic Rock Brewery, and it's absolutely delicious. And on the subject of beer, uh, often one goes to the pub, and one might have, say, three or four, maybe more pints. And then one might meet a friend in the street uh, with a bottle of kind of hard liquor, have a couple of drinks of that, and then you think, I know what we should do. Let's go up to the old observatory, see what's going on up there. And you kind of fumble about with a lock and you kind of break your lock pick. And then you stagger up the stairs, and you get the door open, and you don't really realise that you're pissed until skeletons jump out from behind the furniture and attack you. Uh, <laughs> that is the situation with which we find Normal ourselves. night in Wallingford. And, uh, that happened uh, to me just the other day. Yeah. So let's have initiative. Initiative. For a 13, I got for initiative. Burple, you got 13. Yep. Parker, what'd you get? 23 for me. 23 for 
Grimbold. 21 for me. Grimbold, 23. It's a speedy initiatives. Cuthbert gets a 21. Parker gets a 21. And Cuthbert gets a 21. And finally, Sessions. 18. I thought I was quick, but I seem to be quite slow. And then uh, let's roll for the three skeletons. So uh, you've climbed up the stairs to this, uh, at the entrance to the side of the observatory, and Cuthbert has gingerly opened the, the main doors, the kind of crazy moon design on them and sort of mad scribblings and so forth. Uh, he has uh, peered, peeked into the room, and he could hear some weird singing from deep inside the building, a sort of whispery, reincarnate him, sew him back together. Um, and that was pretty much it. And then as he sort of poked his head in, uh, there was a, effectively a barricade of furniture or a pile of furniture in the northern half of the room. And this has burst asunder, and there are three skeletons leaping out at you. Uh, let's. So, what the thing with uh, Grimbold and Sessions is that they're at the bottom of the stairs, so they can see the other guys at the top on the landing. They can see Cuthbert's opened the door uh, and has peered in, and then you hear a kind of clatter of what sounds like chairs and furniture, sort of bouncing around, and a sort of rattly. <laughs> what, what sound do skeletons make? I haven't got any a sort of rattly rattly noise like somebody dropping a xylophone and what do you want to do Grimbold? right I'm going to do a false life mm -hmm. so I get another eight hit points very nice and then I am yep. going to proceed up the stairs okay so I'm halfway up the stairs now Cuthbert it's you now you think Cuthbert that uh, there's a couple of things can you make a perception check yeah, I can certainly make a perception check. Just give me a second. I just need to. There we go. I roll a perception and get an enormous twelve. Um, you think the singing has stopped? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was quiet in the first place. You're not hundred percent certain, but you just can't pick it up. I mean, there was a sort of there was a momentary kind of clatter as these things appeared and they're standing there rattling in front of you, but you think the singing has stopped in the background. Uh, the other thing that you think is that the uh, this floor of this room is so scattered with debris and crap mm. that it's probably difficult ground. Okay. Uh, and there's another thing. Can you also... Do you have the medicine skill? Do I have a medicine skill? I have a zero medicine skill. Okay. Uh, do you want to make it just a wisdom check? Getting an, a huge seven, which seems to be my number of choice. Okay, at no, nothing to worry about there. Okay, uh, what do you want to do? Um, <clears throat> well, Cuthbert, you know, as always, is a uh, terrified but keen to be at the front. So he's mm -hmm. going to. He obviously can't go in uh, all the way to them. There's a barrier between him and them at the moment, isn't there? Yeah, you think again. I think that's the difficult ground covers that. So the. the yeah, so everything it's just a question of sort of tottering over some bits of broken bits. Yeah, I wouldn't get too... Going into it. So I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make my way into the room. Yep. Um, I'm probably going to move 15 foot into the room. Yeah. So I'm 10 foot inside the doorway, but I've got both my weapons out. Uh, and that, I think... I'm really intrigued by what these things are. I've never seen skeletons before, so obviously... I'm kind of big-eyed and like going, what on? Well, not living ones, that? not not animated ones. Can you give me um, a Constitution save? A Constitution save. DC nine Constitution save. DC nine Constitution save. I can do that right now. Getting a vast thirteen. 
Okay, fine. You, you've you've had a, you've sunk a few points, but you don't think it's impairing your ability. Okay. Uh, um, and we'll move on to uh, Parker. Parker, what do you want to do? You're at the top of the stairs. You've got the you you the door is open in front of you, and Cuthbert has just leapt through it. Well, as far as I can see at the moment, they are at the other side of the room. Yeah, make a make a quick perception check. A perception check oh, is a five. So no, okay. Miraculous. And then can you give me a wisdom check? And or a, a medicine check, check if you have it? Yes, that's a... Oh, God, that's a three. Okay, fine. And what do you want to do? Um, well, I will just follow in and stand next to Cuthbert. Okay, so you follow in and stand next to Cuthbert. And we move on to down back to the bottom of the stairs outside. Uh, Sessions Ypres. Uh, well, I think I will cautiously move up the stairs. Still not clear what's happening at the top, so I will move to next to um, Grimbold and, um, yep. yes, contemplate life. I don't know what's happening yet. I'm not sure anyone's told me, so I will just slowly advance with Grimbold. Okay, yeah, nobody says, nobody says that they've shouted out. What about Burple? Burple, you're out on the landing. You can see Parker and Cuthbert piled in and you can hear rattling and crashing. I'm going to go and stand behind Cuthbert. But before I do, I'm going to look down at Sessions and say, there's some skeletons in there. Yeah. Pop okay. in, pop into the room. Okay. And... I, I signal that I understand. Yeah, okay. Um, and then I will do... I'm, I'm hesitant because every time nobody can remember what it does, but Bardic Inspiration on Cuthbert. But first of all, Burple, can you make um, a perception check and do you have a medicine skill? I don't think I have the medicine skill. Uh, one second, please, uh, caller. Um, medicine, no. <laughs> okay. No, and, but you want me to make a perception check. You make a perception check, and you can make it just a straight wisdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, baby. <laughs> okay, so you crash into the back of the And a cuff. straight wisdom check for, for medicine, yeah? Yeah, a straight wisdom check, yep. Yep, hey, 20. Yep. Hello. 20 on okay. The you, it's, you're um, actually perfectly uh, placed to make this judgment, but... Mm. Yeah. Uh, looking at these skeletons, yeah. there is something strange about them. There is something strange about their physiology. They've got deformities, like little deformities or pits in the skull and uh, other kind of changes that you think you remember from when you were very small as being uh, a sign of the Red Death. Marvellous. So the Red Death That's is the plague that... Isn't it? The blade that killed the family. Ooh, we don't want to be hit by these creatures, do it's we? The, it's these, the could be the, these could be the family members. Once again, Graham just says one thing, and it's massively wise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I mean, I send this stuff to Graham before we start, obviously. We're not worthy. I just, Graham's got a set of envelopes that I sent him in advance with just times written on them. <laughs> um, open the, this one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you think that it's the you think these these uh, these skeletons uh, are probably skeletons because of the Red Death. So these could be the bones of the family. Because that's what a really, Graham just said. That's a really perceptive, remarkable echo Paul, going on there. Paul. Yeah. Shush. <laughs> Dan's trying to make it. I'm sound. trying to sound wise. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to send you a tenor to <laughs> to, to, to edit them round. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, send me a tenner. Okay. I'll put you in instead of Graham. That's fine. Okay, so that's what you, that's what you notice, and your perception check was rubbish. What do you want to do? You want to do the spell, the bardic inspiration? Oh no, bardic that's the one d six I get on a save or a. There we attack. go. There we go. Yeah, that's tell us again. 
what the would you mean save? I get an, an attack or a save. Oh, yes, yeah, the one thing ability is ability checks, yeah, attack, roll, saving space. It's a gift voucher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. and that's what you're doing, and then it's them. So they just kind of run towards you. They clamber, clamber. Um, they can't make it to you because of the difficult ground. They're sort of a bit wobbly. Yeah. Um, but they they move, move. So they basically going six okay. each, but they're sort of spread out a bit like that. Excellent. Yeah, and then. It's going to take Sessions and Grimboard at least another three rounds to get to us. They're going to find something else to do. Uh, and then let's go uh, back to the top of the shop, out on the stairs. Uh, it's Grimboard. Right. I was just wondering, do you think you should be beefing this dungeon up? Hey? <laughs> you know, three skeletons. Well, let's just see what happens, eh? <laughs> you no, know, I'm scared. Okay. Right. <laughs> Shouting from the back. Famous last yeah. words. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not even in the same building. <laughs> no. I'm going up to the top of the stairs because it's slow movement. I'm doing a move move. I'm at the top of the stairs. Yep. Quaking in my boots at the thought of facing three <laughs> skeletons. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Uh, Cuthbert? Cuthbert's... <laughs> Cuthbert's... Paul, I think, we should just, I think we should just leave the room and leave them to Grimbold. Because he's I, I, obviously finding it so easy. Evidently, it's after you. No, sir. I meant three three skeletons against a fully armed party like such as ourselves is not a challenge. Not a yeah, challenge. Yeah, so so we'll, we'll give you a challenge. We'll we'll step aside and you can deal with it. Mm. No? no, doesn't appear. No. Anyone? Strange. Anyone? Anyone? Dust? Anyone? Anyone? Dust. Dust. Right. Dust. Well, I will take a. Step. It's not, obviously not a five-foot step because we can't do those, can we? Not on difficult ground, anyway. Oh, not in, not in this even, game system. Even if you'd somehow slipped into an alternate reality, yeah. it, would, yeah, it wouldn't too. have been possible. And then I will be doing first thumpage. with the uh, thumpage with the uh, rapier, mm -hmm. which is going attacking at armor class seventeen. Armor class seventeen is a hit. Ow. Only five points of damage. Five points of damage. And okay. then I have my second attack with the short sword. Dope. Armor class 12. Armor class 12 is a miss. Mm -hmm. And it is on to Parker. Right. Well, as Cuthbert seems to have stepped in front of me... You can take a five, diagonal five-foot step as well. I will take a. So, shall I attack the same one that you're attacking, or attack reduce the guns? Reduce the guns. So, I will always also take a five-foot step next to, par, uh, to Cuthbert, mm -hmm. and then first of all, I will bludgeon him, bludgeon him with the shillelagh. So that hits armor class thirteen. Is a hit. Doing. Did you cast um, the cantrip? Nine points of damage. Nine points of damage. Yep, got it. Yep. Is it still alive? Yep. And then the other one is the hit with the produce flame. Don't you have to cast a spell oh, for that? Yeah, I did that. If you remember at the end of last episode when we went into the room. Oh, okay. That yeah. Hits cool. Armor class seven, which is a miss. Uh, and we move okay, on. That's extinguished. Sessions Epa. Okay, Sessions is going to continue up the stairs. He's quite worried because he keeps seeing uh, Grimbold quaking in his boots. Mm -hmm. uh, so he'll <laughs> he'll move to the top of the stairs. Um, yeah. uh, I think that's 
Uh, and from there, he will ready an action. Is okay. uh, Sessions able to turn things? Yes. Excellent. He, he will ready uh, a healing um, spell should it be needed this round. Oh, thanks, yeah. Graham. Okay, uh, and we move on to Burple. Burple Herpish. Uh, Burple is entirely unprepared. Uh, so Burple is going to do... He's, he's going to step very bravely behind uh, <laughs> Cuthbert. Yeah. Oh, look at the bravery. Yeah. Oh, yes. He's very, very... Uh, I'm so just you... making making sure that Grimbold has a you know, a clear line of uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. attack yeah. To, to go and charge. Um, and I'm going to do a first level heroism spell. Yes. On Cuthbert. Okay. Well, that's very kind of you. Why do I need heroism? Because I'm already very heroic. Okay, well, I won't then. No, no, go on then. What's it? <laughs> All right. So, so basically, heroism uh, it gives you basically temporary hit points. Is lovely. The main thing it does. Yeah. Um, and it gives you temporary hit points every round. So Is you... that the one which gives me three temporary hit points per round? Yeah. But not for ten rounds. Not for 30 hit points. It's just three hit points per round. Well, that's that's the DM's ruling. And obviously we have yeah. to go with the DM's ruling. But, no, um... we don't. We're not getting back into this. I thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> back to the idea that you tried to sneak that one under the wire is frankly yeah. so brave. Absurd. It was quite, it was yeah. quite ridiculous. I was, like, I was like, wait a second. Yeah, you get <laughs> and then I thought, wait a second. In the penultimate round... He gets mm-hmm. 27 extra hit points. The round before that, it's 24. The round before that, it's 21. He's going to have like 170 hit points. No, 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 well, no, no, no. That's no. not what I'm saying. It's you get three per round, but the three is cumulative. So after 10 rounds, you have which 30, a total of 30 extra hit points. Oh, yeah, so which it isn't. Which it isn't. It's another wise thing. For well, thanks yeah. for opening, Graham. Opening well, the envelope I'm not right sure time. Graham is being very wise today, actually, to be honest. But um, I think that... Um, anyway, you cast it on Parker. He gets an extra three hit points around. And Thank you. Just... Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Burple. Uh, and then it's the Skellies. So uh, Skellington One is going to go for uh, Parker. <laughs> Try and be mature about this, people. Okay. Oh no, I didn't roll. The, I rolled the wrong dice. Why Try and be mature. One to, to three, Parker. Four to six, Cuthbert. It's Cuthbert. He's going to roll Cuthbert, and it's going to hit Armor Class Six. Uh, that I will admit is a disappointment. Uh, a enraged by its failure, this other one steps up to Cuthbert as well. It has a shot at Cuthbert and hits armor class. Oh, oh. armor class twenty-one. Seventeen hit. You take the following damage, as recognised by the International Damage Council. You take eight points of damage. <sighs> That's pretty nasty. At the risk of revisiting, yeah. <laughs> okay. I just want to I just want to read what it says about the heroism spell. Uh, so until the spell ends, the creature yeah. is immune to being frightened and gains temporary hit points equal to your spell casting ability modifier at the start of each turn. Yeah, each of each yeah. turn. So at I the think, start of the each key, pause. The on. key rule hang is on. the rule about temporary hit points. Yeah, is whenever it? you receive temporary hit points, any other points. temporary hit points you've already got, it replaces them. Yeah. <laughs> When the spell ends, the target loses any remaining temporary hit points from this spell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That still doesn't make much difference. Anyway. Does that mean I can't <laughs> do it? Good try, though. Live. Yeah, it was, it was worth a try. Sorry, it does, that means it, you... 
can't do two false lives. No, well, you can, but you'll replace uh. the first one with the second one. Anyway, uh. this other one's going to go for... Coffee. Oh, dear. Oh, you... I see. I see. That's what's been going on here. Well, it's I'm quite happy with that ruling, actually. Armor oh. class 15, Cuthbert? Armor class 15 is bang on. Okay, so you take a further uh, six points of damage. Thank you. So a total of 12 this round. Take three off, so that's nine. That means that you've got, if I get more, about 13 hit points left. And we move on to Grimbold. Grimbold the Brave. I don't have 13 hit points left. I've got 11 hit points left. Ah. Well, that's a bit of good news for everybody. Uh, Grimbold, what do you want to do? Right. I don't I'm going to do a... What are you doing? Uh, what are you doing? What, what are you are doing? doing? What oh. are you doing? Uh, right, Firebolt. At? At the uh, skelly in front of me. I roll a 14. Is a uh, successful zweak. You and zap it with your Firebolt. 1d10 points of fire damage. I do... Eight points of fire damage. Blimey, that's pretty successful. Okay. Didn't like that very much. Looks a bit sin. Uh, I might just go back to the top of the stairs, slightly you out of the way of the doorway. Next kidding decision. me. <laughs> Why? It's, Why not? it's just craven. There's nothing craven about it, Paul. It's just experience. I, I think I'm going to come and join you. I'm going to come and see what the view looks like oh, from there. You are what's called a frontline fighter, so you have to stay at the front of my brain. You were what's called Didn't they explain that to you when you <laughs> brought up the character? <laughs> well, and it, well, Cuthbert, now is your chance to um, basically disengage from the skeletons and run over and smack Grimbold on the top of the head. It's your round. I still haven't properly beaten him up <laughs> for killing a, a baby bear owl. Do you need some help? Uh, yeah, so we just won't do anything on the smulcrum. That's an old joke, right? In which case, again, short sword, yeah. um, hitting armor class twenty-four. Is a hit. Which one are you going for? The one in the on your left, in the middle, on the right. Uh, the one I hit previously. The one on the right. Okay. Yeah, it's a hit. Twenty-four is a hit. Doing nine points of damage. Nine points of damage. It bursts apart in a little shower of uh, ribs and femurs and other little bony bits. And then I'm going to do my rapier yep. using the one that's now in front of me. For um, class 19 is a hit. And I am doing a total damage of four points. Four points of damage. Okay, yeah. uh, and, and then, then... Oh, hello. Oh, I can't move out of the way. I'll get an attack of opportunity. You would. Uh, in which case, I'm going to then do a quick second wind and recover some hit points. Okay. This plus two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recovering eight points of hit Eight hit points. Eight points of hit points. Eight points of okay. hit points. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Parker... That's another three temporary hit points, yeah? Yes, you should just take it. Anyway, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. well, as the um, as the one right in front of me has now been pulverized, I will yeah. attack the one in front of Parker. Yeah, uh, you mean the one in front of Cuthbert? Yeah, uh, Cuthbert. Oh, sorry. <coughs> yep. yeah. Also uh, in front of Parker, strangely enough. Yep. First using my shillelagh for armor class eight. Oops. 
Is that a hit? No, that's a miss. Uh, and then uh, the unarmed strike, which now has no flame. 13. Armor class 13. 13 is a hit. Okay, so that's four points of damage. Four points of damage on the middle skeleton. It's looking a little bit uh, dented, but it's still going. Sessions, what does Sessions want to do? Sessions is going to move on. To, he's a bit curious because Grimbold has kind of retreated. I thought he was yeah, encouraging us to do stuff. So he's yeah. going to move on to the landing, yes. peer through the door, yes, and then he's going to try something quite novel because his only uh, offensive spell is necrotic damage, so I don't think that will help. Uh-huh. So he's going to fire his crossbow. <laughs> Hasn't yes. used this before, so this could be interesting, at yeah. the um, skeleton that's nearest him. Is he taking the, the wrapping off? Well, we'll see. With the yeah. dice roll, we may discover that he hasn't even loaded it. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Panther Supertension Crossbow Mark 7. Yeah. <laughs> First, wind cranking handle. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah he's unwrapping it, reading the instructions. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And he, um, he gives it a, a go. Hitting armor class 13 is a hit. Oh my god. Way hey, he thinks to himself. Yeah. This is this is unexpected. How much damage? Uh, 1d8 plus 3. 10 points of damage. That's quite a blow. It's it great. Right into the center of its skull. It's still up, but that really got it, one. Whoa. And then I think he'll just drift back towards where uh, Grimbold is and compare notes. Okay, and we, and we can go back to Burple Herpish. I just think the cowardly behaviour of these two people outside is, you know, it's disgraceful. It's cowardly. We are very. We're fighting. We're contributing. We're not fighters. Hmm. So I'm gonna, Everything I'm gonna was. step behind Park. No, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> gonna, I'm, I'm gonna step up next to Cuthbert. Yeah. Having, on, having done. Uh, I'm assuming I can inspire myself with my words. Can I? Can I inspire myself? What sort of looking in the mirror, going, "Come on, come on, yes, come you on, could purple. Do, you can do this. You can do this, purple." Talking to myself in the third person. No, I, w- I won't do the bardic inspiration. I'll save that because I think there's nastier things to come. But I will try, nevertheless, to uh, smack this creature on the face. Yes. With my enormous sword. Hitting armor class six. Cring. And missing. Yeah. It's uh, another successful round. Uh, can I get perception checks from Parker, Cuthbert, and Burple, please? Ten. Do you want to move back out of the way, Burple? Eight for perception checks. No. What about uh, Cuthbert? Cuthbert gets an 18. I will move to the next to the creature so there's a line of sight from outside. Ah. Oh. So you're sort of skirting round. Yep. Um, and no, I won't because I'll get an attack opportunity, so I have to stay where I am. No, you won't. Yes, it's I will. It's only me if you move away outside. Yeah. yeah, the one in the middle. Oh. Uh, okay. So with the ten, both Burple and Cuthbert can hear 
some noises from through this little door in the north of the room. And the noises sound like, imagine the sound of a restaurant when somebody has just started a fight. Yeah, so it's like the sound of, it sounds like a group of people who have been disturbed by the noise that you're making, but they're not acting like, um, they're not acting like kind of displeased or shocked diners. They're just sort of, you can just sort of hear, and the sound of cutlery. Pack of ghouls. And then, the, uh, then uh, Cuthbert's uh, monstrous uh, perception check of 18, you can hear, Cuthbert, that little whispery voice that was uh, distant before and was uh, chanting that weird reincarnate him. You hear it sort of raised a bit and it says, be quiet down there, be quiet, I am trying to work. Can you not be quiet just for one moment? Uh, and then it's the skeleton's round. Uh, the middle skeleton, the one straight opposite Cuthbert, is going to have a th thwack at Cuthbert, hitting armor class 19. Yeah, four. you're rolling really well. Uh, yeah, hitting uh, armor class 19 for a total of um, seven points of damage. Okay, thank you. And then the other one will go one to three, park, uh, one to three Cuthbert, four to six purple. And it goes for uh, oh, purple. purple. <sighs> And uh, hitting armor class 11. 27. It's Grimbold on 23. Right, so Dan's now in the way of my line of sight, which is really annoying. Can't so you come I'm, into the room? Yes, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move up through the doorway. I'm going to stand yep. next to Burple, next to his skeleton. That's a 30-foot move, and then I'm going to do a shocking grasp. Well, it's it's difficult ground as soon as you're in the room, actually. So each of those squares is going to cost you uh, a couple of squares. Oh, all right, let's do that again. Can I do a firebolt with some cover from Burple? Yeah. Slightly in the way? Yeah. So what sort of cover has the skelly got? I think that you're trying to avoid hitting Burple with the firebolt as they're fighting, so I think you're at disadvantage. I don't think it's really a cover thing because you're just going to hit purple if you. Okay, I'll take a, I'll take a chance. No, you won't. First roll. If I roll a one, it gets to the back of purple's head, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Eleven. That's two ones. And, it's doubly as bad. Yeah. And a thirteen. Three ones. Thirteen is exactly what you need. So the it's eleven advantage. It's the eleven, isn't it, though? Oh yeah, shit. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, do I? Okay, so eleven. Yeah, so you fail. You fail. What a disastrous round. These skeletons are. A bit of a tough nut to crack for you, aren't they, Grimble? Perhaps. Uh, no, I'm I still a bit to, scared. Perhaps actually. I need to just to to just dial things down a bit. Anyway, um, Cuthbert, Cuthbert, it's your go. You get three more temporary hit points. I get three more temporary hit points, which is, or three replacement temporary hit points. Three replacement temporary hit points. Well, that's good enough. Right. In which case, I'm also then going to do the uh, short sword. Mm-hmm. This is the plus one short sword of the east wind, getting armor class 18 to hit, and doing 1d6 plus 4 damage, and this is on the chap, oh lovely, getting a 10. Chap straight oh, the one in the middle or the one on yeah, the left? one in the middle. One in the middle, 10 points of damage. Yeah, he's had stuff on him before though. He has just, yeah, he's, but he's still up. What do you want to do now? I've got the rapier, so I'm going to do a attack with the rapier. 
Yep. Hitting armor class, oh no, 11. That's not going to do it, is it? And 11 is a miss. Uh, and anything else? No, Got that'll be me. million things you want to do. So what about Parker? It's your round, Parker. Well, I will pop the same one as uh, Cuthbert has just hit with the shillelagh. Yeah. Oh, nice. that's 24. That's mm. uh, critical. Critical. And uh, so that's uh, six points of damage. Plus and another dice. Do I get to roll it again? Yes. You roll another. Well, you get seven. So it's, it's thirteen points. You, you no, it's a five. Sorry, a five. It rolled a five. Yeah, you vaporize it. It's fine. Right, and then I will, and then I will take a five-foot step up to the one on the left-hand side and hit that with the unarmed strike, which is a, hits armor class fifteen. Which is a hit. Doing five points of damage doing five points of damage and you also destroy that oh. one oh, absolutely yes. storming so, round from on. very nicely done lots okay. of kind of chest bumping uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's your thing uh, so you've now got three sets of uh, skeletal remains well we I, uh -huh. as um i'll i'll pick them up and hand them to grimbold and go there you go boy would you hold these first, please? Uh, do we want to be careful about touching these remains? Yes, I'm not Too late now. Them. So, Cuthbert, can you make a save? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to decide what you want to do with them. Uh, Let, them let's put them carefully in a sack. Yeah. Okay. Or three sacks, ideally, so we keep the bones together. Okay. Uh, fine, yeah, I can, I can presume that you've got sacks with you. I don't know quite I mean, why. Do we have any way of verifying that these are... Um... What was his well, name? Well, you've got a series of... Why don't we see if we land. come across any other skeletons? Yeah. And if well, there not, were five we can... sets of bones we're looking for, aren't there? there? Were, no, there were four, five, in the five graves. Five graves, four sets of bones, and then, of course, there's young Alastor, who has never made it back. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we've got this... We've got a necromancer here that's been animating bones, and people have been bringing in bones. Is that what... Yes. Well, he's in the room upstairs, if I understand correctly. Well, he was... Yeah, it sounds like I he think would he be might be next door one. now. Well, no, you heard him. You heard him shout down about. Can I not have a moment's peace? Um, but then that stopped, and the the kind of hubbub of the of the this kind of weird restaurant noise has settled down as well. And this whole thing has taken you basically about twenty something seconds. And so you made a bit of noise, and you made a bit of a crashing about. But you, your sense is that perhaps. Every now and again, there is a bit of a noise down here. The skeletons are playing up or these whatever's going on next door is playing up. So you don't know that he's on his way, but you'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. Are we out of round sequence? You can. We can drop out of round sequence. What do you want to do now? I would like to, I think, search this room a bit. I think that would be a very good idea. Okay. Um, so if you have a bit of a search around... Uh, I don't think there's that much to tell you about. Let's have a quick look. So there are no other doors or in this room? There's a door to the north, and that's there's it. There's a door to the north, right, okay. So, yeah, one search, two listen at the door to the north. Yeah, um, and there is nothing... Uh, the door to the north is open. Oh. All, what you, you can see in uh, a little bit, which I will reveal to you. If you peer through, so the noise, the hubbub, uh, Parker, are you moving up to the door? I will move up to the door, yes, cautiously. So the hubbub noise is coming kind of 
through the door and to your left. You're looking into a hallway. Uh, it's pretty plain, the hallway. It's, it's, it's unkempt. There's bits of kind of debris and stuff everywhere. Looking straight ahead of you, you're looking into a hallway that's running to your right and left with a series of doors opposite you. Closed doors. To the north. To the north, carrying straight on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what you can see. There's a sort of dim amount of illumination, but nothing, uh, nothing much. And the sound from your left of uh, a kind of hubbub, it's settled down, but it sounds like people eating or using cutlery. It's, right. quite, kind of, it's quite kind of desultory and kind of slow. It's like the slow, clinky, like a kind of awful, like, that, like, the, like the sound of a really awful, awkward breakfast room at a terrible B&B. People are kind of sitting around and nobody's talking. Every now and again you hear a knife against plate. Okay, well, so I will walk up, I will tiptoe up to that doorway and then mm-hmm. listen to that door. Sorry, are you tiptoeing up to which doorway? Well, you if I've understood correctly, you said the hallway goes up to the north. Mm, the hallway goes left, left to right. Oh, the hallway goes left to right. And on the facing wall right, of this hallway, you've got three going. doors. Yeah. Right, but the sounds are coming down the left-hand side, so I need to look into the hallway down towards the left. Yeah. Stealthily. So, uh, yeah, there's rubble and so forth, uh, and you could you'd have to peek out to see any see off to the left. You'd have to have a bit of a peek out. Yeah. Can I try and do that with stealth? Uh, sure. Make a stealth check. A stealth check of thirteen. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Um, you you know it wasn't uh, exemplary, but it wasn't the end of the world. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to step out? No, I just want to peek round the corner. The corner. Okay. So what you just can... looking down towards yeah. the left to see what's down the corridor. Absolutely. So what you can see is if you peek round the corner to your left, the corridor continues to your left, and then opens out into a large chamber which is dimly lit by candles. Parker, as soon as you uh, kind of get a certain distance from the open air from the outside the other thing that you notice as you get up towards this door is there's a very nasty smell it's a kind of smell of sort of rotting flesh and what you can see to your left as the corridor opens up is it opens up into a large chamber and in the middle of this chamber dotted with candelabra giving a little bit of dim illumination there is a, a table it's a long dining table and the seat nearest you Parker as you look into the room is empty um, but every all of the other seats holds an awkwardly seated humanoid figure, and they look like bodies that are in a kind of various stages of decomposition. Uh, some of them are sitting kind of up upright and kind of with, with good sort of uh, posture, paused like with a knife and fork as if they're in the middle of eating. Some of them are kind of slumped down, almost sort of dropping, drooping their faces into the meals in front of them, and those meals. They look like fresh food. Each plate is kind of piled high with kind of fresh food, with with capon and vegetables and sauces. The place setting at the empty chair, the one nearest you, is 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 clear. It's an empty plate um, and uh, uh, just nicely laid out uh, cutlery. Uh, there are bottles of red wine um, set out on the table, and uh, each of these kind of weird corpsey diners has got a half-finished glass in front of them. 
that's what you can see when you look off to your left. Straight in front of you, running along the northern wall of this corridor, there are four doors. So you walk down the corridor, four doors uh, go past you on your right. Uh, there's a door to the south, you think, or something opens up, and then there's this big chamber straight in front of you. Right. Sorry, I missed that. Can you repeat that? <laughs> yeah, exactly as I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should we press on, chaps, or...? Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm yeah, assuming absolutely. if we move down there, then suddenly these things are probably... These zombies are going to animate or something. I... Why not? I will move straight ahead yep. and to the other side of the corridor and have a quick listen at the first door I arrive at. Make a perception check. I get a perception check. I natural 20 plus 222. Can't hear anything. Um, what you can hear with a good perception check, though, is... Um, the, the, the chanting has resumed from wherever it is that's distant in the building. Reincarnate him, sew him back together. Reincarnate Right. It sounds like he's just had his dinner. You know, but he was doing it before when you arrived. He stopped when he made a clattering noise. He shouted yeah. downstairs, but uh, he seems okay. to have resumed. Right. I think that's good. That's enough from Parker. Anybody else want to do anything? I'm going to go up to the first door, the right-hand door. Yes. Um, as we look at it, yep. it's it's closed. What kind of door? It's just standard wooden door. It's a standard wooden door. Okay. Uh, is it locked? I will try the handle. No, it's not. Okay, I will open it in that case. Okay. Well, it's a it's a it's a little it's a little simple chamber with a plain bed. A little open footlocker at the foot of the bed, and a kind of unremarkable wooden—when you call it like a dresser or a chest or whatever—with a couple of shelves. It looks like a little cell or bedroom. Mm -hmm. And when you say chest, you mean you know? Uh, I don't mean chest as in magical chest. I mean yeah, sure. like a—it's more like a dresser. It's like a—it's a thing with a kind of maybe drawers or cupboard doors at the bottom, and then a set of shelves, mm -hmm. and then a bed on the other side. And at the bottom of the bed, there's a footlocker. The footlocker is open. Anything in it? In the footlocker? No. When you say in the footlocker, so in the chest, are there drawers and things? There are drawers in the chest, yes. There are drawers in the in the dresser, yes. Okay. Uh, I will go and try them. Just very quickly rifle through. Yeah. Um, give me a uh, an investigation check. I'm very good at that. 16. 16 is good enough. You find something uh, hidden behind one of the drawers. I don't want anybody no, else. No, 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 no. Come <laughs> no, on. Hidden behind one of the drawers, as you pull yep. it out, somebody's stuck or, or, or tied on with a little bit of thread, a little pouch to the back of the drawer. And that pouch has got six platinum pieces and five gold pieces in it. Okay, I'll pocket that. Okay. Um, who wants to go next? Uh, six, six platinum and how many... Five gold. I'll go next. I'll go to the door opposite the door that we just come in. On the other yeah, yeah, moment. understood. Uh, quick listen. Quick listen. Make a perception check. The smell is really noisome now that you're further into this chamber. The sort of smell of rotting, the sweet smell of rotting flesh. I rolled um, a three. 
Okay, so you don't hear anything from the and door. And then I just push the door open anyway. Okay, and you can see inside, and it's kind of an identical chamber to the one next door. And can I move in as well? Okay, I'll move in. Anything interesting about the room? No, the diners are paying no attention to you whatsoever. And you can, but you can hear this sort of reedy, whispery chanting going from upstairs, and maybe the occasional sound of sort of shuffling and moving about, maybe the sound of uh, something ceramic or something metal kind of clinking onto a table or something further upstairs, maybe the occasional gurgle. Mm. Um, can I search the room if we're out around sequence? Anything? Uh, yeah, like give me a quick investigation check. Okay, so I roll a. 13 plus the Nothing of interest. Nothing of interest. Hmm. Uh, sessions want to do something? Does, yeah, uh, I'd like to... Um, Cuthbert? To take a slightly closer look at uh, this dining party, the rather awful-looking dining party. So I'm going to, I think, uh, edge my way up to the sort of um, entrance to the room. So I guess up to the, the threshold, yeah. The threshold. And have a look. I'm also looking to see if I can work out where the stairs to the upper level are. Sure. Keep okay. We can hear yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. From upstairs. So I'd like to know where. So uh, let's go pick that up. So sessions as you 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 uh, sidle up to the, the kind of threshold of this room. Mm -hmm. You can see that it opens out to the north. In a, uh, it follows the contours of the outside of the observatory tower, as you've seen it as you've been approaching. And yeah. um, what you can see is that there's an opening in the northern wall. Um, that must lead into some kind of chamber and there is uh, a set of stairs directly to your right as you go into the, the into this uh, chamber so if you turn to the right there's a set of stairs that run up the side of the wall going up uh, and these diners are not paying attention to you okay and but the smell is really really difficult now to deal okay. with okay and is there some sort of opening on the right before i get to the uh entry to the room there's a last door, so there are four doors running oh, along this door. northern that's wall. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, I, I've, I think I've You've seen enough. That, so I, I've learned yep. enough. So I'm going to just retreat back and keep mm -hmm. an eye on my uh, cousin, who's almost certainly yep. trying to steal stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, my, he is. Yeah. Uh, my old uh, friend from town, who's also probably uh, pocketing things. So I know them well. I'm just going to keep an eye on them. Okay. Um, let's go back to Parker then. What does Parker want to do? Well, I will move up to Cuthbert. Yep. Are we are we in round sequence? We're no, we're not in round sequence. Right. We're just just, just right. tell me what well, you want to do. I will I will move up to the bottom of the stairwell. Okay. And listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you from the bottom of the stairs, obviously you, it's clearer. You can hear the sound of some somebody sort of shuffling around. You don't think they're in the floor. They don't think they're on the floor directly above you. So perhaps further up. You you, you, you understand now, if you look at the, at the building as a whole, it's got an extended ground floor. Yes. yes. But the bit that you're in now is the tower. So you're on yes. the ground level of the tower. So you, you must, you could surmise that whatever is moving around is at the top of the tower. And you did see um, the, the telltale signs of movement disturbing the flickering light from the windows at the top of the tower as you approach the building. Okay, right. Well, I'm terrified of the idea that Grimbold might go ahead of him. So Cuthbert is desperately to get to gonna go up front and he's going to start stealthily moving at half speed. Give me a stealth check. I will give you a stealth check on a vast 22. 
Make them like okay. a ninja so, mouse. Yeah, you're like a little ninja mouse. You pad quietly up the stairs. Yes. Uh, and as you do so, you can see into a chamber. First thing you can see is that there are more stairs. If you keep go if you were to keep going round the outer wall, yes, you would yes. you would you would go into another set of stairs. I can mm -hmm. show you the, the, the bottom of them. Yeah. yeah. And then so you can see another set of stairs and then straight in front of you there is a statue of something like an angel. It's holding a sword in one hand and it's cradling a harp with the other. It looks like the kind of statue you see at a mausoleum or on the kind of grave or tomb of an important figure. Yeah. Uh, and etched upon the base of the uh, statue is a single word, and that word is filge. The face looks kind of beatific, and the uh, it has sort of angelic wings. It looks a little bit like a celestial. That's what it looks a little bit like. Oh. Does anybody in our party have any kind of knowledge? Do we have any kind of history or religion? I've got uh, a minus one in history. Do you want to make a? Do you, want, you make a? You can make an intelligence history check or a, a religion check. A twenty. Hey. Got a twenty. Natural twenty. I got a seven. Okay, so well, Parker is far enough up the stairs to see this statue. He. He, he's pretty sure that it doesn't represent anything from the culture or from any kind of established religion or religious idea or myth or anything like that. It looks like a one-off. You can hear the continued sounds. You think, again, coming from the flight of stairs that you can now see ahead of you, this continuing sound of uh, somebody at work, somebody moving stuff about, the occasional clink of something, the occasional gurgle of something, like a kind of gloopy gurgle, like... Um, uh, a thermal mud pool, that kind of noise every now and again, and a, uh, a sort of humming, a kind of reedy, whispery, hoarse humming, kind of, <laughs> and then every now and again, <laughs> well, so I guess we have to take the chance whether this statue is a protective trap. Yeah, I'm going to. Um check the floors in front of you yeah, I'm going to step look around the look around the corner of that the wall at the top of the stairs do you want to step be stealthy off. do you want to be stealthy yes, yes I want to be stealthy give me a stealth check twelve 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 what you can see is uh, it's a bedchamber it's a massive bedchamber it fills the entire floor of the tower at this level uh there's a fine bed with plump red linen sheets. Uh, it squats upon a dais uh, on the sort of southeast area of the room. Yeah, so a raised bed platform. Uh, there's a nightstand next to the bed with a wax-choked candlestick and a black book bound with brown and red leather. At the midpoint of the eastern wall, there's a strange form that's standing rigid on a short wooden stool. It's about as tall as a halfling, uh, and it's clothed in kind of finery, like a black suit, uh, like a top hat. But uh, bandages, clean bandages, not all mouldy and crap, uh, wrap every inch of its skin. So you can't see any kind of skin or features or hands or anything like that. And there's a pair of uh, ash-tinted spectacles on its long, skinny nose. And this little 
dandyish little figure is holding a silver platter as if presenting a meal. And upon the tray, there's the perfectly freshly preserved severed head of a middle-aged human woman. And a platinum piece sits upon her outstretched purple tongue. Uh, there's a messy desk against the opposite wall, piled high with papers. There's an apparatus that's sort of like a, like a, uh, what's the word, like a cradle or a, it's like a, it's a, it's a, like a beaker stand, yeah, with four long tubes, with coloured liquid, brightly coloured liquid, so st sitting in four of the ap four of the little holders, but a couple of the holders are empty, and that is what you can see. Do we recognise this severed head, perchance, as being that of Madame Watch? No, it's not Madame Watch. Not Madame Watch at the lodge. Is there anyone from town? Anyone not that you recognise, no. No, mm. nobody you recognise. Hmm. It's Madame Mutt of the Hut. It's Madame Ledge of the Hedge. <laughs> this, this could run and run, Mike. <laughs> Don't worry, I've been working on it. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> She's got a very extended family. Mm. Well, I will uh, stealthily... Okay. Mm. It's all a bit scary, that room. It is a bit scary, yeah. So I will... Mm, see, I've got, one, I've got one spell left. I've got to detect magic. Mm -hmm. uh, so looking at this statue of this, uh, this angel thing which yes. is what filge did you say filge and we don't recognize the name filge don't recognize the name filge nope does it do you know doing the standard uh frozen test does it look like this thing has nostrils or are they sealed is it like a sealed where you're standing? nose yes From where you're standing impossible to tell we're talking about two things. We're talking about the big angelic statue, which sits between the two staircases. And then on the other side of the room, on your left as you go in, there's this little figure standing on a stool, holding a head on a platter. Two separate things. Yeah. So I'm heading up to the statue and going to have a look up the nose of the statue to see if I can tell whether it's a creature or not. Uh, okay. So you wander up to it. You pad up to it. Do you want to make a stealth check? Yep. 22. Silent as fog. Uh, and what, you poke something into the nostril? If, if necessary, if I can't tell by looking, yeah. It, it, it's a carved It's a carved thing. You don't think it's a frozen real thing. Okay. In which case I will continue beyond it to the yep. base of the stairs. Okay. Uh, and you can hear this kind of humming and uh, sound of somebody, something working up above you. What does somebody else want to do? Anybody else want to do anything? Have a look at this room. I will follow Burple to the base. I will shout the up the stairs. Hello! <laughs> no, okay. I'm going to, um, obviously, I couldn't possibly be caught at the back. So I'm going to actually muscle my way past Parker to get ahead of him on the stairs. Okay. And, and roll a well, I don't want to be left behind, so I'm going to run up and hide behind uh, Burple. Okay, my 14. stealth check is 19. 19's good. Very keen tonight, aren't we? Parker wants to make a stealth check. And that is a oh, six. God, this is always okay. one that lets everybody okay. else down. Yeah, so stumble on the, on <laughs> yep. the carpet. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm just going to hold up. I'm just going to make a couple of dice rolls. Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what about Grimbold? And what about Sessions? Well, Sessions has moved up behind Purple. He's going to be as stealthy as he can. Give it a go. Nine. Nine? Slightly okay. more stealthy than uh, Parker, but not massively so. Um, Grimbold's moving up to Parker at the base of the stairs. He's doing stealthily. What was a 20? Okay, so you're not bad, but uh, Parker wasn't great. You, but there's no reaction to the little noise that Parker made. Um, okay, what do you want to do now? So they're all, we're all kind of huddled. Hold at the bottom of the All stairs. of you kind of walk up the bottom of the stairs. Turn around. Nobody to wants the... to get left behind. No. Cuthbert's going to turn around to Sessions, Parker and Grimbold, and just go, shush! Stealthy up, stealthy up the stairs, getting a 12. Okay, a 12. Let me just make a roll. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh, Cuthbert, when you get to the top of the stairs... You don't. You're, it's not a bad go, but it just made enough noise to draw the attention of a figure that's in the room that you can see. So, let me describe this chamber to you. It's a single chamber that dominates the whole of the upper floor. There are bright candelabras placed around the room and placed in front of mirrors which are set in each corner of the room, reflecting bright beams into the direct centre of the room. There is a recessed kind of operating theatre accessible by a couple of short sets of stairs. So there's like a, a pit, as it were, in the center. The beams are kind of targeting a blue-skinned humanoid figure that's splayed out on an operating table. Uh, its chest is completely opened and pinned back against the table with long metal needles. Two long shelves cluttered with piles of papers, rotting organs, instruments, and scientific instruments comprise the east and west extent of the operating theater and they're only a few inches lower than the chamber's outer floor. At each corner of this area, this operating area, there are four metal and glass tanks, each easily large enough to hold a human. And each tank is full of a kind of yellow liquid, a kind of ichorous, glutinous liquid, which is sort of every now and again, one of them will go indistinct, vaguely humanoid silhouettes bob silently in the soupy fluid uh, and turning to face you there is a figure he was working on this corpse and so he turns as he make a noise and just looks straight at you and he just he's just like how can you be here he doesn't say that but he just looks like uh, and he just goes ah! and we'll pick it up next time oh, oh. oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I want to know more. No, but I never would have. Absolutely <laughs> hopeless. The Billowing Hilltop Podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. The Whispering Can and The Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. The Whispering Can was written by Eric Mona. Music is from Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.